your host, Dr. Kwame Tsukina, will give you tools to experience wisdom in your everyday life. Listen each week as Dr. Kwame Tsukina shares stories that will help guide your faith, perspective, and attitude in every situation. This is Dr. Sakina of Indigenous Messengers International, and here is our host. Today, we're going to talk about be integritous, therefore an effective leader. I don't think that's a word, but I can make it a qualm quote. <laughs> I've made up a new word, integritous. So it's be integritous, therefore an effective leader. When I was four years old, I went with my mother to the store, and we got to the checkout line. They had chiclets there. I don't know if they still have, do they still have chiclets? I don't know, but there were chiclets there that's a gum that you used to get, and, and they were white, and then, then they came out with colors. I loved chiclets, and I saw these chiclets, and so I just put them in my pocket, and we went home, and I went into my room, and I took some out, and I was chewing them, and I came out into the room where my mom was, and my mother said, what do you have in your mouth? And I said, well, I have chiclets. And she said, well, where did you get them? I said, well, I took them from the store. She proceeded to tell me that that was stealing. And she explained what stealing was. And she said, it's very, very wrong. And then you're going to have to return the rest of them. And not only return them, but you're going to, we're going to have to go back to the store and you're going to have to apologize to the owner and tell the owner that you took his chiclets. Oh, gosh, I was just like scared to death. I remember physically feeling sick at my stomach. Like, oh, no. I mean, I was like, am I going to go to jail? You know, I was four. And, and I know it tore my mom up because my mom is very empathetic. And I know seeing me suffer like that was really hard for her. But she knew that it was real important for me to learn what stealing was. And she knew it was very important for me to have experienced the emotion of guilt. And, and also to take responsibility for my actions. So she marched me down there, and it's still printed in my mind. The man was very nice to me, but he took the chiclets back, and I think my mother gave him money for the ones that I ate. She paid for them, but made me return them anyway. I wasn't going to be rewarded for that behavior, let's put it that way. And I never forgot about that. I learned from this, and over the years, I'd find myself in similar situations where not where I was stealing things from a store, don't let me, <laughs> but where I was, I'd done something wrong or I'd made a mistake. And I needed to take responsibility for my actions. And it's hard. I, I don't think anybody likes to really make a mistake or have it be in a shame spiral where you feel really bad. And I'm not talking about shame here. I'm talking about guilt. I'm talking about conviction. That's a, there's a difference between shame and conviction. Conviction is a good thing. But I had a conscience, and, and I knew right from wrong. And when I do something wrong, I would feel bad. I would feel convicted. It's not so with the psychopath. They do not feel guilt. They don't feel empathy. They don't feel bad about things they've done. And they don't take responsibility for their actions. So today we're going to talk about the psychopath. Instead, the psychopath projects the blame onto others for what they've done, and they set themselves up as a victim. Case in point, uh, let's say one time I heard about this uh, psychopath, and he, I, I was watching a, a thing on TV, on court TV, and he blamed the victim that he raped because she had on a fuchsia dress. It drew attention. 
Psychopaths project things onto other people and their victims, and they blame them. Well, they shouldn't have been there. Well, they shouldn't have left their house. I broke in. They should have been there when I got there. They should have, they should have had an alarm system. They should. It's always the fault of the victim. Now, it might be confusing to you today that I'm combining a talk on psychopaths and we're dealing with spiritual transformation, but it's important that we take a look at leaders without integrity before we delve into what a leader with integrity looks like and what that person really is like. And that's the key phrase here. It looks like and in reality is like. Psychopaths are predators, pure and simple. And they line themselves right up next to the light and they deceive many. All we have to do is read the headlines or watch court TV or watch Dateline or anything. Uh, it, it's all there. Read the newspaper. A mother or father murders their children or spouse to continue an illicit affair. A business partner kills his partner to take over the business. A person kills their spouse because they don't want to have to share the assets in a divorce. Or a friend kills his best friend for money. It's out there. And we would be wise to learn and understand how psychopaths work so we can remain out of their deadly trap. Now, we don't often talk about this in our faith-based institutions. We don't talk about psychopaths in the religious institutions that we attend. And if there is any mention put on it, it'd be more like the mention of people like Jim Jones, who had his followers drink cyanide, and, and they all became a victim of suicide to prove their loyalty to him. Or perhaps the mention of David Koresh, and the Branch Davidians, who burned up in their compound in Waco. And in both, both of these situations, children were involved. In Nashville, Tennessee, where I lived, we had Tony and Susan Alamo, and they were cult leaders in the same vein as Jim Jones and David Koresh. I would say that cult leaders are psychopaths, and psychopaths are actually drawn to our religious institutions. That's been proven. Psychopaths are drawn to any organization that's useful and beneficial to them, and they're not there to serve but to exploit, and they'll line themselves right up next to a believer, a faith-based person, and they'll watch how that person acts, and they might have even been raised in those institutions, and they will replicate that, kind of like a chameleon, but they will not really be having a true and sincere experience. Being a leader with a title gives legitimacy to a person, and others view people in, in, in those positions of trust, so they trust them. Psychopaths love to be in these positions because then they can manipulate people to their own advantage. If you're not a predator, it's very difficult to think like one or believe that people of this caliber exist, but they do. And I'm, I'm wanting to, as I share with you, help you to understand, uh, I, I, I didn't really prepare myself to know how to deal with psychopaths, people in, in the world that are like that. But we need to know, we need to be aware, we need to be alert. Within a religious organization, psychopaths have an access to a pool of potential victims. While in a faith-based setting, we as the people we like to think of our church or our synagogue or our other religious organization as a family. In fact, we're told that we're the family of God. So when we think family, we'll let our guard down. There are a lot of assumptions made by non-predatory people. One being that people are worthy of trust before they ever prove themselves. This is especially true of individuals 
who've been raised in alcoholic or dysfunctional families where we've been taught to enable dysfunction and think that is normal. Now, let me say, I, had, I did have one dealing with a, a, a narcissist, and I, I want to tell you how I got hooked. This narcissist presented to our family as a person who was coming out of a very religious cult, and, and they were wanting help, and, and they knew that I dealt with spiritual addiction, religious addiction to help people, and, and so they presented with me, and the first thing they did was groom me by telling me how wise I was, and, um, and basically how victimized they had been by their cult-like experience. And so I basically, they were so good at this, presenting as victims, that I let my guard down, and I was so busy make, wanting to make sure that I didn't wound them or hurt them or say anything troubling for them that I stopped protecting myself. I didn't, I didn't see any red flags because I saw them. And I can tell you that this person I was involved with, my husband and I were involved with, that I trusted this person as much as I trusted anyone ever. Totally shocked when I realized that I'd been duped. So one of the main things is, is if you're in a situation where you start letting your guard down to the place that you're so concerned about the other person and protecting them that you don't protect yourself, that's not a good place to be. It doesn't matter which faith-based organization that a leader or minister comes from. Any can house a psychopath flying under the radar. Joe Navarro is a former FBI agent, and he explains the top 10 careers chosen by psychopaths. And I'm going to read them to you, the top 10. This is the top 10. Number one is CEO. Number two, lawyers and paralegals. Number three, media or TV personalities. Number four, salespeople. Number five, surgeon, medical specialist, research scientist. Number six, journalist. Number seven, law enforcement officer. Number eight, ministry and clergy. Number nine, professional chef. And number 10, civil servants. And you can see there that the clergy and ministry made the top 10. Actually, number eight. A psychopathic priest, rabbi, or pastor can appear very normal. And they're really good at replicating what normal looks like to them. They'll actually feel no empathy or guilt, but they'll watch how other people respond with empathy and guilt, and they'll copy that in order to manipulate other people. In religious organizations, where importance is given to displays of giftings like prophecy, laying on of hands, great teaching, signs and wonders. Now, I'm not against those things. I'm just saying in those settings where great importance is given there, the psychopath can use their giftings and their charisma to deceive the masses. And I've watched this happen over and over um, over the years. The scriptures say that even the elect will be deceived if possible. And it is quite possible to deceive people who are looking for outward signs and those searching for a sign. There was a time in my life when I was one of those people caught up looking for signs and wonders. I was a part of a religious organization. That was the main focus. And God cautioned me during that time. This is what he showed me. The scriptures say that signs and wonders follow those that believe. It does not say that people of faith are to follow signs and wonders. 
As a counselor, I've walked with so many people who've been conned by a spiritual leader they trusted. It started slowly with a grooming process and then moved to a more blatant form of acting out. These leaders would be preaching sexual purity and faithfulness while they were secretly pursuing a woman or a woman in their congregation. And we'll talk more about that when I talk more about sexual addiction. Many times when questioned about how they were conned when I was counseling with these women, the women who were exploited, they were trusting at first. They were looking for a safe authority figure in their lives. Part of that trust would be established by all the wonderful things the pastor would say from the pulpit about how much he loved his wife. So the woman would be like, wow, he really loves his wife. He's safe. The predatory leader would then groom the targeted woman by making her feel special, called out, and chosen. And then the bait would be made secure. The sexual acting out would then take place, and the woman would form a trauma bond with her perpetrator. Very often, the woman who would be targeted would be women who had some form of sexual abuse from their childhood or have past trauma. The trauma could be coming from a family where healthy boundaries were never taught or established. But there would be a crack in the wall usually. Some predators will even tell the women they target that their wives are frigid and withholding or that God has sent the woman to them as a gift to help him, them through the stress of their high calling. I've heard it all. All lies and all predatory in nature and all an abomination to the Lord and the psychopath does not care. One pastor who was in an illicit affair with his parishioner, when asked how he could continue to stand in his pulpit and preach the word of God, he simply said that he would pray right before he stepped up to minister and ask for forgiveness. Then like a dog returning to his vomit, he would continue over and over with his illicit affair. He said he would ask God to help him stop with his predatory acts. And he blamed God in some ways for not stopping him. Evidently, he felt that was sufficient. As you can clearly see, this man had no real idea of true repentance was and was satisfied just going through the motions. All the while, he kept on presenting himself as a holy man. I guess it was God's fault that God never came down from heaven in the flesh to do something to stop him in his tracks. This is not an example of true repentance. It's also evidence of someone who has no idea what covenant is and has no actual fear and respect of their relationship with the Creator. There is no covenant, no true partnership, no vow keeping with a psychopath. People are like objects to them and they're to be used for their gratification. There was another family I walked with whose husband and father was one of the top evangelists of his denomination, winning more souls to Christ in his words than anyone else in his area. Every Sunday, the altars would be filled in response to his moving and dynamic sermons. What the people of his denomination never knew was that at home, he was beating his wife and abusing his son physically, emotionally, and spiritually, all mercilessly. His abuse had wrecked their lives and made it difficult for the sons, adult sons, to have a relationship with God since he used God as a part of his abuse. The scriptures say, what profit a man if he wins the whole world and loses his own soul? My answer, very little indeed. There are so many scandals these days in the religious organization I've been a part of. Pastors and leaders praying, P-R-E-Y-I-N-G, on 
their people instead of praying, P-R-A-Y-I-N-G, for their people. Reports of extramarital affairs, sexual victimization of interns, molestation of nannies and babysitters, drunkenness, domestic violence, stealing, all while appearing as an angel of light. Once confronted, these people are proficient at blame shifting toward the victim and blaming the devil for their failures. The sad part, and this is the saddest part to me, is that because in our faith-based organizations we're taught to turn the other cheek and give the benefit of the doubt, we fall for the deception. We've not been prepared on how to deal with false repentance and how to judge fruit. I've seen it over and over. These leaders, they get away with behaviors that are devastating to their victims, and they're not held accountable for their actions. And in many times, the organization protects them. Instead, they're enabled, propped up, rescued, and defended, while they continue to leave a trail of destruction behind them everywhere they go. All in the name of grace and mercy and forgiveness, Meanwhile, the victims are never given justice. Psychopaths are ruthless in their dealing with others, especially those who decide not to play their game. If confronted or exposed, they will exhaust all their efforts to win. And that's the name of the game with the psychopath. And it is a game. And they have to win. They have no conscience, so they will stop at nothing to destroy others in order to retain their man-made false reputations. They will not care who is destroyed in the process, their families, their children, and least of all those that attend their meetings. They will use negative gossip, lies, and slander to take you down and ruin you. They will label you a Jezebel, a backslider, and a liar. They will gather a flock of other people also to do their dirty work for them as well. There will be many who have fallen under the spell of the psychopath who will take up offense against you and think they are doing God's work. It's truly a God-sized battle, and you will need every ounce of wisdom from God to navigate the battlefield. Only God alone can save you, and you will need to be in his face, relying on him to tell you where to step in the landmine the psychopath has laid along your path. The psychopath does not feel any empathy toward the victim or those they set out to destroy. Remember that. And they resent and judge people with empathy as weak and stupid. They have no respect for boundaries and believe that rules do not apply to them. They are entitled individuals and believe that they're not bound by laws. They're above the law. And they're not beyond rape, theft, and other predatory acts, even while playing the role of a servant leader in the religious organization. Psychopaths are more morally bankrupt, and they operate out of depravity, depraved minds. They are absolutely not safe, especially in trusted positions like ministry. Here are some descriptions of different types of psychopaths. Primary psychopaths do not respond to punishment or disapproval. They can control their predatory actions for a time, not because they have a conscience, because it works for them at the time for what they want to gain in the future. They're not able to experience true emotion, but they can replicate emotions on demand in order to get what they want from others. Secondary psychopaths are involved in risky behaviors. They play by their own rules, and they believe they're the exception to the rule. 
They're given over easily to temptation and are avoiders of pain. They love to escape reality. Distempered psychopaths are prone to rage and are very reactionary. They can have strong sex drives and sexual energy. They're prone to powerful cravings for drugs, pedophilia, illicit activities, and high-risk crimes. And the charismatic psychopaths are charming, charismatic, and persuasive liars. They usually are very gifted and talented and use that to take advantage of others. They have an uncanny ability to persuade others out of their money, their possessions, and their best interest. They are usually leaders of cults or religious organizations. In the normal development of the individual, a child learns the lessons of conduct, right and wrong behavior, and during that time as children we develop a conscience. This doesn't happen with the psychopath. The psychopath will not develop the ability to feel guilt or feel responsible when they hurt others. The psychopath will also rarely learn from their consequences. Although they don't like, like the negative consequences, they rarely change from them, unlike the addict who will sometimes change when they hit their bottom. Faith-based people who do, not, who do have a conscience are particularly vulnerable to the psychopath. As people of faith were taught about forgiving the actions of others, and the psychopath can manipulate this to mean that they're off the hook and they're entitled to continue the relationship with the very people they've exploited and keep doing the same thing with other different people. The very tenets of the faith are used by the psychopath to manipulate their victims. And if you ever confront a religious psychopath, expect to be battered by them emotionally and spiritually with scripture. The scriptures will be taken out of context to enable and justify the toxic behavior of the psychopath. Another important point to remember is that God can and does change people. But we really need to remember this. I, I want you to remember this. The psychopath doesn't think they have anything wrong with them. So in their minds, there's nothing that needs changing. You're the one, if you think there's a problem, then you're the one with the problem. It must be you, because in their minds, they're fine. You should be grateful to live with someone as wonderful and great as them. So they're not really given to change. They might want you to change, the world to change. They're not going to change. Here are some of the characteristics of a psychopath that make them toxic. And Joe Navarro, he's a former FBI agent that does profiling for psychopaths, uh, he, he made this list, and not all of these characteristics have to be at play. One, a grandiose sense of who they are and what they can achieve. Two, a demand for blind obedience and loyalty. Three, excessive admiration. Four, entitlement. Five, exploitive. Six, arrogant and haughty. Seven, the rules don't apply to me. Eight, hypersensitive to criticism and will get even if you don't agree with them. Nine, devalues others as being inferior and weak. Ten, make their followers publicly defer to them and grovel. Eleven, ignores the needs of others. Twelve, boastful. Thirteen, needs to be the center of attention. Fourteen, does not listen well to others. Fifteen, uses people. 16. No true attachment to others. 17. When criticized, lashes out with rage. 18. If not kowtowing to them, you are the enemy. 19. Superficially charming. 
20. Cold and aloof at times. 21. Deeply offended if perceived as ignored or slighted. 22. Assess people to see if they are a threat or will revere them. 23. Hates to make a mistake publicly, and when it happens, they rage. 24. Does not apologize for their actions. 25. Does not feel empathy or guilt. 26. Rigid, unbending, and insensitive. 27. Isolates their people close to them from other people. 28. Restricts their family and others' access to outside influences. 29. Demands more from others than they're willing to give themselves. 30. Believes that they are destined for greatness. 31. They are highly dependent on adoration. 32. Sees their self as unstoppable. 33. Conceals who they really are. And you get very rarely get any intimate details about their life. You don't really know them. I wanted to share the last three episodes with you on the narcissist, the addict, and the psychopath so that we can see what imposters of true and effective leadership look like. When I was a teller at a bank, I was trained how to spot a counterfeit bill. They gave me piles and piles of real $100 bills. And after learning what the real looked like, uh, my, my trainer would slip a counterfeit 100 in there in the stack. And I learned how to spot the counterfeit because I had become familiar with the real, the real thing, the real $100 bill. And that's what I want to show you today, what the real deal is. And sadly, we don't see as much of that as we used to. We have more counterfeits, honestly, than the real deal these days. But I want to help you look at how to identify the real deal. How do we recognize the effective leader that operates out of integrity? The dictionary states that integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles and moral uprightness. And I want to say that honesty is the bedrock, the bedrock of integrity. A person with integrity does the right thing and makes ethical choices, not just out in front of others, but behind closed doors as well, where only God sees. People of integrity are honest reliable and dependable. They're respectable and they are honorable. They are transparent and they respect others. They don't require others to do what they're not willing to do themselves. People of integrity take responsibility for their actions and they're not afraid to admit it when they're wrong and they're open to correction and feedback. They're not controlling and they don't expect everyone to agree with them. They can agree to disagree. They will not withhold in the relationship or play games, and they won't triangle with other people. Most importantly, they are humble, and they walk in humility. As a faith-based person, they will be aware of how their choices and actions affect others, and they will also know that they're a reflection of faith in God, as a person who has faith in God, and they want to set a good example to others and not misrepresent God. Integrity is one of the biggest attributes required to be an effective leader, and a leader with integrity will choose what is right regardless of the cost to them. We need leaders in this hour that have integrity. Trust has been broken, and it needs to be restored. Everyone talks about revival, revival. Well, we need to rebuild the walls like Nehemiah did. so We can contain if God were to send, you know, we need personal revival in our own lives. We cannot have 
truth restored without a resurgence of integrity. Our focus needs to shift from spiritual giftedness to spiritual character as a true sign and wonder of God in our midst. We need to be praying to walk in integrity before our God and fellow man so that we adequately follow the path of righteousness that God has forged for us. We can do no less and call ourselves people of God. Proverbs 10.9 says, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. You know, we can't expect to be a perfect leader or have a perfect leader. That's not what I'm speaking of. But we should not settle for leaders who are predatory or have little respect for God or God's people. Humanity deserves more, especially from people who say they know and love God. So I'm going to challenge myself today, and I'm going to put out a challenge to you for us to raise the standard in our lives for those we allow to lead us, lest we be led off a cliff. Thank you for joining me today. You can learn more about me on our uh, website, indigenousmessengers.com. And I want to dedicate this to my grandchildren and and my children, who I love, I'm so proud of, and I respect so much, who challenge me because I want to be the best person I can be for for them to look toward and to see as their elder. Uh, they challenge me to, to constantly look at my life and, and try my best to be a leader, an elder that walks in integrity. Thank you for listening to Beatitudes with Dr. Kwamenik Sukina. Be sure to follow the show for more tools on how to experience wisdom in your everyday life for you to walk in victory with the right attitude.